Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Closed End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our portfolio managers to gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. My name is Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen, and today we are focusing on global equities and dividends with a manager of the Aberdeen Total Dynamic Dividend Fund, ticker AOD, and the Global Dynamic Dividend Fund, ticker AGD, Mr. Marty Conahan. Welcome, Marty. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Right. Thanks for joining us from Edinburgh. Uh, let's begin with a look back at 2022. Marty, your outlook on global equities, particularly dividends. Um, I mean, 2022 as a whole was obviously quite a tricky year uh, for equity returns, uh, most of the regions, um, and um, a good portion of the, you know, the um, sectors um, posting negative returns, you know, over the year, um, with the exception of energy. So it was a, a tricky year for absolute returns, um, and so markets, you know, focusing on what's ahead. Rates obviously going up, market cautious around, um, you know, growth slowing, the potential for a recession, uh, Russia-Ukraine conflict. There has been a lot to, to weigh on returns. Um, so it was a difficult year for equity markets. That said, income funds and, and funds that focus on, on yield, and that lends these sorts of funds, or should, you would argue, lend these sorts of funds to certainly be exposed to certain areas and certain styles um, of, of company. Um, and these companies did prove themselves to be more resilient in that, that weak market. So while well, absolute returns, um, you know, over the year were negative and, you know, we obviously are disappointed with any sort of negative return. The relative performance of the, the dynamic dividend strategies was pretty resilient over the year. And we're not getting overly carried away about that. Arguably, they're simply doing what they should be doing and, and what hopefully clients are, you know, expecting of them. Um, in regards to the outlook, that's still very much the, the tricky element. And a number of what was weighing on markets this year or last year are going to do the same this year. We're certainly towards the end of the, the rate hiking cycle. However, the market seems to be debating with itself whether we have recession or not. Most latest release from the IMF seems to be slightly positive. But again, the, the, the big elephant in the room at the moment for us is still uh, Russia, Ukraine. And that really does have the power to hugely change sentiment both to the positive and the negative depending on what happens and the tricky part is we have no more insight in that than, than, than anybody else so we will be sticking to our knitting um you know focusing on the businesses and how they conduct themselves um you know through the subsequent earnings reports that we hear and finally on dividends dividends throughout all of that have been very very resilient we've been seeing some really attractive growth from you know, many areas of the market, all regions um, of the MSCI actually posted a positive dividend growth during the year. And even in Q4, areas such as energy, consumer discretionary, industrials posting, you know, over 20% year-on-year quarterly dividend growth. So I've certainly not seen the um, preservation of cash sort of behaviour that you might expect to see from companies where we in a recessionary environment. So, yeah, no, we're still quite positive with regards to the outlook for dividends going forward, in spite of the, the uncertain environment they were in. And Marty, the fund uh, itself looks at, obviously, the the quarterly distributions or dividends of the companies that you're investing in. Uh, but there's also seasonal or sort of episodic special dividends uh, that are taken into consideration when you're when you're building this income portfolio. Can you talk a little bit about 
what special dividends are. Are they more prevalent in the U.S. or the U.K. or Asia type securities? Uh, special dividends we see, um, you know, coming from businesses typically when they have done a, a quite a major um, a corporate event, perhaps such as a, a significant disposal of assets or a significant spin-off of a of a, a subsidiary, um, and rather than you know sitting on significant portions of cash, which would depress the return on equity, for example, um, management quite often take the decision to uh, return that. Um, to to shareholders via a one large you know um, special dividend, uh, and we've seen that at times. Um, I wouldn't say that any region of the globe is, is more prevalent than others. Uh, we do see them quite you know consistently in the US, certainly in Asia. Uh, you know we've seen special dividends from companies such as Pacific Basin um, in Asia last year, but um, yeah, we, we don't necessarily see it from from one area of the globe. Certainly, if one sector of the market is enjoying significant tailwinds, uh, such as the energy sector for the moment as a result of elevated oil and gas prices, that would be an area um, that you could expect to see companies either just continuing to increase their normal dividends or, um, you know, doing a one large off special. So we do see them from time to time and it is a strategy that you're quite right. We do look to uh, take advantage of them um, when they when they present themselves to us. And Marty, uh, Aberdeen's global footprint is quite diverse and broad um, in all continents, which you and your teammates uh, get to, you know, sort of dip into for both research and on, on boots on the ground. Can you talk a little more about how the global equity team operates, how you speak to your counterparts in different countries from your, your base in Edinburgh? Yeah, we, I mean, we do count ourselves quite lucky that we do or we are allowed to invest globally. However, with that comes the, the issue of trying to keep on top of what's going on. The world's a, a big place and there are lots and lots of companies available to us. So what we do is we really, uh, leverage off of that global footprint that you mentioned. So, you know, our, our regional teams are based regionally. Uh, you know, our Asian teams are based all over Asia, Singapore, Hong Kong. Um, a pan-European team are in the UK and Edinburgh and London. Our North American team are in Boston and Philadelphia. So we have the bits in the ground, as you mentioned. And those um, you know, investment professionals um, are, are covering their local market for the management of their local regional and or country funds. Um, so what we do is we, we basically leverage off of the, the research that they are doing anyway. Um, so they present to us a coverage list. It's about 1,500 stocks which are rated um, holder higher. Um, and which have a yield which would work for a, um, a mandate such as this. That is a, a great starting point for us. It, it cuts through, um, you know, a number of, of companies that we just don't even have to waste our time looking at. And it gives us a, a really good starting point of companies that have been deemed to be of suitable quality and potential suitable valuation um, from a regional or a country context. What we do uh, on the global side is to sort of come at those companies but to come at them from the global perspective and what i mean by that is that original colleagues can for example compare relative valuation of a tesla in the us against a, a daimler chrysler in germany against a you know a toyota in japan but they can't make that investment decision whereas we in global can so we just come at the research with um a global perspective not with any regional bias 
as a result of being constrained by lines of a, on a map because we aren't. Um, and just really see if we can try and add value by building our own high conviction portfolio that represents those best ideas from, from across the globe that, that make up that list. Great. Thanks, Marty. I'm going to switch gears for a moment, if I could. Uh, both funds that you manage, the Total Dynamic Dividend Fund and the Global Dynamic Dividend Fund, are formed in a closed-end fund vehicle or closed-end structure. And I'm curious for our listeners, from a portfolio manager's perspective, how does that closed-end fund structure help you to effectively manage a global portfolio like AOD and AGD? There's a couple of elements that we find the, the, the closed-end structure to be helpful. One would be, um, you know, you don't perhaps have the significant daily flows that you can see um, from an open-ended fund, particularly when in times of risk aversion or extreme market weakness um, can become a bit of a perpetuating cycle and that you're just continually selling into a weak market environment, which is just not really in shareholders' interests. Um, it also allows us to uh, use leverage. Uh, now, we use leverage very, very carefully um, and very selectively, but it does at times, particularly during periods in the year such as uh, dividend season in Europe. Um, it allows us to you know, uh, gear uh, the funds, and, and we typically don't do that to anything more significant than I would say 5% or so um, of the NAV of, of both funds. Um, but it does give us a chance to just boost that earning side of the dividend stream at a very important time for the strategy, which again is very, very helpful. And again, the final thing is it just allows us to um, sort of smooth the dividend payment in an, in an open-ended fund structure, particularly in an open-ended fund, for example, here in the UK, you have no option to smooth. You just have to pay out what you earn. Uh, so that would mean that there would, be, <laughs> there would be nothing getting paid out in January, February, a huge amount of the income gets paid out March, April, May time, and then it may be fluctuate as you receive your, your quarterly dividends from uh, other stocks in other parts of the globe. That gives people the opportunity just to dip in and dip out of the fund, just to pick up a huge amount of income. Uh, having a closed-end fund structure allows us to smooth that out and just have a constant level of dividend payment, um, which we think the shareholders are, you know, quite like that, stable, knowing that it's coming, knowing what the amount's going to be. Uh, that's another and the final sort of real strength of the, the closed-end fund structure. No, that's a great point about uh, the, the smoothing out of the income for equity income investors, as you know, uh, that consistency or that predictable cash flow. And obviously, in the closed-end fund, that can come from uh, natural dividend distributions. It could uh, also be in the form of short or long-term net realized capital gains uh, that allow that that monthly distribution frequency to uh, help advisors and their clients uh, meet income needs. So that's that's very important. Thank you. Marty, thanks so much for the insights today. We appreciate it. Um, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about these funds at www.abrdnaod and abrdnagd.com. Do look out for future episodes.
This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections or estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.